1: We don't bring any life at all to
0: the church. The church is the life. It still gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is
1: all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And
2: good morning. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're broadcasting today from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Pastoral Center Third floor studio <laughs> I was going
3: to say The diocese Is not very near You're not really Narrowing it down you I just did Falls, the But then
2: you did Well done Heather Way up People could totally yeah, Find yeah, us right yeah. now Right
3: now they could They Uh-oh. totally
2: could Lock the door Yeah because people Are dying to see us Right <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. We thank you for joining us. I feel like we were just doing this.
3: Mm, it seems mm. like we are just sitting in these same spots just a few days ago. Just a few days oh, ago. We were.
2: We are having lots of fun then.
3: Yes, we were. A successful spring live drive, by the yeah, way.
2: We're yeah, we're only 13,000 short.
3: Yeah, that's fantastic.
2: Isn't that crazy? Amen. All right, so let's do a prayer, shall we? Sounds good. Okay. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Oh Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary... I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all of my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I like to keep it simple. Amen, sister. The morning (laughs) offering. Good prayer to pray. It's a good prayer to pray. Except that one had it backwards, because I always thought it was the Pope first and then us, but anyway.
3: No, 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 it usually ends with the, okay. the Holy Father. Okay, all right. Yeah. You were
2: backwards. I was backwards. Again. I, Again. Happens often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got a great lineup this morning, and let's just dive right in. Because uh, we got Sister Mary Thomas on the phone. Good morning,
4: Sister. Good morning to both of you. Thank thanks. you for this opportunity. It's
3: great to hear your voice, sister. How are you doing?
4: Doing well, thank you.
3: Amen, great amen. spring
4: day and great to be alive. Amen. amen. Well, tell the listeners
2: a little bit about yourself, sister.
4: Well, I am a presentation sister. I uh, grew up in South Dakota, just west of Aberdeen, in a small town community called Baudel. I'm the youngest of eight children. And when I went to school at Presentation College, I thought, hey, maybe I wanted to be a sister, And so I began that pathway, and it's been a source of joy and deep peace for me ever since. Wow.
2: So you said that you chose the path of becoming a sister. How did that all start? How old were you, and what was the thought process for you?
4: Okay, so I would have been in my late teens as I was thinking about this, and Growing up on a farm, for me, has advantages because there would be lots of think time, you know. Mm. Our tractors didn't have radios at that time, so we would be out in the nature and able to listen deep within. And so through that listening process and walking with other people, like sisters at the college who would have taught me my first year there and stuff, helped me to see that they had a lot of joy and Mm. they were accomplishing A great ministry there at the college, and so um, I looked up to them and wanted to be one like them. And Mm -hmm. one step, you know, it's a formation process, and so one step led to another. Like I said, there was a sense of deep peace and joy, ups and downs in life, yes, Mm -hmm. but always um, came, came back to that sense of peace that this was the path for me.
3: Sister, you mentioned that you're from Baudel or on a farm outside of Baudel. Um, so folks may not have heard of Baudel before. It's a small town. So had, were, you, were you exposed to, were there sisters, was there religious life in that sense of a state of life um, growing up or was it when you went to college at presentation that you first encountered religious life?
4: Well, I have to say mostly it was um, a couple relatives that would visit. Uh, one was a great aunt to me. And so she would come to our home for a little bit of a spell during the summer and then another sister who was a cousin of, of mine or my parents and then once removed or whatever they say yeah, yeah. for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. So I would have had those exposures, brief exposures, but it would have been at Presentation College where I would have had more of an ongoing day-in, day-out kind of exposure. Um, exposure or introduction, sure. maybe okay. it would be a better way to say it.
3: Okay, that makes sense. Were you the, the the cousin, twelfth cousin, seventeen times removed, <laughs> or whatever it was? Um, and your great aunt were they were they also presentation sisters, or were they from, were they from different communities? But just actually, they were life? both
4: Benedictine. One was um, from Annunciation Monastery in Bismarck, and the okay. other one is from Yankton.
3: Okay. So a deep sense of betrayal when you entered the presentation.
2: I wondered. They never kind of
3: worked to me. <laughs> so, Sister, did you uh, sort of dis- enter more formal discernment with the-, the presentation community there in Aberdeen, like right out of college or while you were still in college or was well, there a I break? I was still
4: in college, so it would have been my uh, in the fall of my sophomore year there. Okay. And and at that time, Presentation College was a two-year college, so then okay. that meant I graduated in that following spring. And okay. it was in the, um, probably March of that, that spring that I started living in community with them and continued on the, the different steps. So I would have been a postulant and then a and then a novice after that.
3: Mm-hmm. All the way through. Okay. And you've been there ever since, huh? Ever <laughs> well,
4: since. Well, not, not
3: literally in Aberdeen necessarily, but with <laughs> no, yes.
4: but a member of the community ever since. That's
2: right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Sister Mary Thomas this morning. We're just kind of learning about her vocation story of how she joined the Presentation Sisters up in Aberdeen. And um, it started in college, it sounds like. Um, one question I always have, because my own mother has shared with me that Growing up, um, she was, you know, raised in a Catholic family and stuff. She has voiced to me several times that if somebody had just asked her if she wanted to become Mm -hmm. a nun, she would have. And so I find that very interesting to think about that. Did you have anybody that inspired you, encouraged you, asked you? You know what I'm trying, you know, any influential people?
4: Yeah, I kind of know. And not that formally, honestly, at that time there wasn't a lot of conversation around vocation. Like now, at least I think, you would see, um, you know, conversations and, you know, praying for the vocations and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff in the parish, and that wasn't so much. Although whenever we prayed the rosary at home, which was on a regular basis, there was always a vocation prayer that, that was prayed at the end, so I would have had that exposure from home. And then there was a kind of a teasing. I was with two of the... College teachers, both sisters, and I said, "What's behind those double doors?" And they said, "Oh, we can take you." And then I realized that was the doorway into the convent. And oh. so it's like, okay, so you know, there was, come and see, come and see, you know. So it was that kind of uh, joking, but I was pretty. Um, I said, "Oh no, 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 no!" <laughs> you know, I backed away. <laughs> but I would have to say there was a, there was this kind of um, energy in me that was unsettled, and. It was this energy, actually, as I was listening. And when I went back to presentation for my second year, I felt like I had come home. Mm. And then I thought, oh, whatever that restlessness was, that's good, it's gone. But then it picked up again. And then that, was, that told me I needed to talk to someone. And, and so that was how I kind of clued in that there was mo- something more going on here than just me being restless. Sister,
3: you mentioned that you're the eighth of eight. My wife is seventh of eight, um, so I'm only one of three. But uh, so larger families, especially mm-hmm. the y'all, it, sometimes the babies always think they're forgotten, but we know they're spoiled. But anyway, we totally <laughs> are. <laughs> We're
2: okay with it. We're okay with it.
3: <laughs> Sister, what was the? I mean, so you talked about you you prayed the Rosary occasion because the vocation's of prayer was part of that. So um, was that like was was um, Growing up with mom and dad and sibling, big siblings on the farm, um, sort of, pun intended, I guess, uh, prepare the soil for you? Or was this a, a more kind of a radical step to go in this direction?
4: Well, I think they were a little surprised when I chose it, you know. And, and so I, they had to kind of grow into the vocation for me, just like I had to grow into it. Okay, sure. And it wasn't that they were opposed, it was just a surprise. Okay. And and so as they started to acclimate to it, of course, there was just wholehearted support for me, and I think uh, you know my my vocation has enriched theirs, and likewise, you know. So I think it's been uh, beautiful all the way around for the family, and then for the community too, with that I grew up in, and and stuff. So
3: okay, okay. So, can you tell us a little bit more, then, about the specific community that yep. you are a part of? The presentation yeah, so, Sisters of the Blessed Virgin Mary.
4: So, Sisters of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that's our formal title. And so, we're dedicated to Mary. We go, and uh, Nano Nagel is our foundress. And um, her dying words to us were, Love one another as you have hitherto done. Of course, during this season of Easter, we hear a lot of that in the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. to love one another. And so she echoed that um, sentiment to us. She was also a woman of action. Uh, their model for the family was not words but deeds. And so we are love in action is how we try to, to go about in a contemplative kind of way. So that deep loving gaze and then moving that into action. And I think, you know, as, as we look at... What was something radical that God did? He became incarnate. And so I think part of our call as a congregation is to put um, flesh, the word made flesh, is to put that word incarnate for today's society, whatever that might be, whatever ministry we're doing, whatever encounter that we, um, in, like Mary, who was a, the title of Theotokos, you know, God-bearer, that we continue to be a God-bearer for whoever we're encountering at any given moment.
3: Mm. And and the community has a long history in South Dakota, right?
4: Yes, yes. So we came in um, the 1880s. We um, had to meander around a while until we got a stronger foothold, but 1886 is when we um, got a firm foundation in Aberdeen
3: which is actually three years old because the diocese was established formally um, in 1889 because we just celebrated the 125th huh. anniversary a few years ago. That's yeah. right,
4: that's so right. The, the mm-hmm. community's
3: been around for a few years more
2: yet. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So some of the charisms, what are some of the charisms of the Presentation Sisters?
4: Well, we we do look, um, we were founded for the education ministry, and uh, we were looking at... That when we came to the United States or to Dakota Territory. And then, of course, needs. And the, the, the people said, We need someone, they didn't call it healthcare. They would have said, to Open a hospital at the time. And we worked in concert with the bishop and we said, Yes, that's, that's what we need to be about. And so, of the presentation, Sisters Worldwide were one of the few that really have, and the only one really, who has this extensive of a healthcare system mm-hmm. as we do. And then uh, along with that grew up the idea that we are called to uh, alleviate oppression and however we find it. And so that takes us into uh, questions of where is the gospel justice not being lived? Who does not have access to the goods of the society and how can we stand with them as Pope Francis would say, beyond the margins and help hear that voice and, and, um, respond to those needs on the, uh, for those who are on the margin. Wow. Well, if you're
2: just tuning in, we're talking with Sister Mary Thomas. Uh, she is a presentation sister up in Aberdeen, and we are just chatting a little bit about the order and um, kind of what expects, but I want to dive in after break kind of about the feet-on-the-ground work that the presentation sisters do, not just here in our diocese, but all over the world. Mm -hmm. Can we dive into that a little bit, sister, when we come back?
4: Sounds good. Thank you.
2: Okay. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Heather Caro. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And you're listening to Real Presence Live this morning. We'll be back more with Sister Mary Thomas right after this.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since He is all-knowing and all-powerful, He knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
2: And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll.
0: And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're talking this
2: morning with Sister Mary Thomas. She is with the Presentation Sisters here in eastern South Dakota. And I didn't want to just say Aberdeen. Sister, do you live here in Sioux Falls?
4: I do live in Sioux Falls, Yes. I and work at Avera McKinnon Hospital as well. I'm on, in the area of mission at McKinnon. Oh,
2: perfect, because that's exactly what we want to talk <coughs> about next. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the questions that I asked you during break was, um, I know some of the Presentation Sisters here in Sioux Falls, and they've done a lot of extensive traveling. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the missions that you guys work with?
4: Well, yes. Yeah. so when we think of travel, it's not just necessarily enjoyment. It's usually it could be mission related. And so we did have a number of missions in the Latin America. So in the uh, after Vatican 2, the Rome or the Vatican said we should be sending um some of our sisters out on mission to missionary territory and that meant for us um Mexico and then Central America. And we've had um, probably 40 years of presence there, all told, with um, different missions. And it was been very fruitful for us. And so that, in turn, then helped us to know that we wanted to be a welcoming presence for those uh, undocumented who are in Sioux Falls or this Mm -hmm. region. And so Cominando Juntos was established in 2002 and has been, you know, filling a lot of needs for our Latino neighbors. So, All right. So what kind
2: of things do they do down at Cominando Juntos?
4: Well, it, they try to listen to the people, and so as the community needs um, change, they try to be responsive, but always there's been... Um, immigration, legal, uh, helping them get their, their legal status to mm-hmm. the extent that we're able to. We have a, a representative. We don't have an attorney. So we work with clinic. And we also do, uh, do English as a second language. And sometimes it's a matter of people just arriving and so then helping them get connected to furniture mission and other kinds of resources in the community in other words helping them access the, the resources that are legitimately available for them to access beautiful
2: so the presentation sisters are involved in a lot of different things um, talk about what's happening out of watertown
4: well, um, with Watertown, we we say uh, do nothing alone. So we like to have partners with us. Mm-hmm. And one of those partners would be the Watertown Benedictine Sisters. And we uh, have a, a desire to bring greater awareness to human trafficking, whether that's labor trafficking, sexual trafficking, whatever kind. And so we have worked with the the Watertown Benedictine Sisters to try and Increase that awareness, as well as you know, and part of that partnership means working with Call to Freedom, because we have some billboards around the the, the Highway 12, mm-hmm. and so that would be um, the call number would be for for Call to Freedom. All right? Mm-hmm. Why out of Watertown? Well, you know, they are our good neighbors. They, um, in terms of Aberdeen, and they have um, you know strong. Desires for gospel justice, as do all, I think, religious congregations. And it was a conversation that got started, and we've kind of continued it. Mm -hmm. So we used to have some um, kind of social justice, gospel justice conversations, uh, conferences and speakers, and it was in the Watertown area. So we've got a a very long history of working with the sisters Mm -hmm. there in a collaborative way.
2: Well, and it's always been shocking to me when we've had someone on talking about human trafficking in our local areas, and how that Watertown area and the Sioux Falls area can be a corridor for human yeah. trafficking.
3: It's but, yeah. yeah, it's because of the interstate, right? I mean, I twenty nine. The interstate people, yeah, it, it, makes it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think South Dakota um, State Patrol officers have said you would be shocked in a bad way about what's mm-hmm. traveling up and down. That mm-hmm. state. So, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad reality, and I don't think people think about it right out here. Yep. But right, we we think we're kind of immune a
4: little bit, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So I wanted to, uh, if people are listening and they feel inspired by you, sister, and they are interested in possibly joining um, the order, how do they go about finding out more information? Um, what requirements are there to become a sister? Yeah, kind of some of those things.
4: Well, that's a great story, a great question. Um, what I wanted to say is, if you're if they're thinking about um, religious life, first of all, it is um, what I would call a love story, and it's a mystery, just as a, mm. of the vocation of marriage or the single life is also a love story. front with God, so is ours, and and so. Um, I would direct them to the website sisters dot org would be a place to go, and then they can explore. They can see a little bit more who we are, and they don't have to kind of declare themselves before they're ready. But uh, Sisters dot org is is a place, and you can even just Google us, and it'll come up. But that would be a place to attend. And then typically, what we have is it's um, you know it takes about Six to eight to ten years to become a full, final, finally professed sister. And so that's a, a good piece of discernment there. Mm-hmm. And you're walking with the community during this whole time, you're praying with the community, they're doing their own kind of prayer. Um, and like I said, we, we are Aberdeen Presentation Sisters, and we do a lot more with the uh, Presentation Sisters around North America. And so there would be sisters in Dubuque and New York and San Francisco and Newfoundland. So there's a there's a great variety of who we are, and we we often do ministries collaboratively now, and it just makes us, I think, all the better. There's greater diversity and that kind of thing. So after um, the novitiate, which would be. One year we say is the canonical year and the second year is we call it an apostolic year so taking kind of what you heard in the deep quiet of the canonical year of study and putting that into practice in, in the apostolic year so that um, helps them again to integrate it all and say does this you keep asking does this fit for me does this fit for um, do I fit with this congregation with the do I fit with this vision of of uh, coming to holiness through, as we say, you know, um, Nano took her, Nano Nagel, our foundress, took her inspiration from Christ, and then she put a certain kind of flavor or lens onto that uh, understanding. That's the charism or the gift we've been given, and it's a particular spirit of our congregation. Mm -hmm. And so then she could ask, does that spirit enliven me? Does it bring me, you know, something I I want to get up in the morning for, you know? Do I I find myself becoming more whole and holy because of this? And so those are all key questions to be asking along this six- or eight-year journey.
3: And, Sister, so in addition to maybe women who are... Um, intrigued drawn attracted to the presentation sisters what about, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago talking about the, the all the different apostolates and ministries that you're involved in as a community that you love to partner with others so maybe there are um, people who are maybe uh, um, feeling called to be formally part of the community but would love to work with you in some of the different apostolates and ministries mm-hmm. that that you as a community are involved in what would you Recommend that way? How can can they help out?
4: uh, That's a great. So, we do have partners in all kinds of ways. Um, We do have associate membership. We call them co-journers, but they walk very closely with us. We have incredibly dedicated employees that work with us, both in the convent and through Avera and the Presentation College and Comandando Juntos. They they are all, um, we say, they have the spark of nano. They Ooh. they understand the mission. They love it, and they're they're committed to it. And they're you know got their family lives or whatever other kind of lives they're living. And it's that kind of energy and enthusiasm that we say, wow, there's a lot of vocations here. It, there, it's it's a different kind of expression of 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 how our charism is coming forward right now. But we need to be willing to nurture that too, as well as nurture the vowed. Um, the more formal, or, or typical, or traditional understanding of religious life. Mm. We need to be attentive to both of those expressions.
2: So, those that might be listening might be interested, Sister. What are some of the qualifications that they need to have to join the order?
4: Um, as an associate member,
2: mm-hmm. you mean, or as a, or as a no, as a as full-fledged?
4: A, as a, okay, full-fledged. Well, it would be a. Um, a woman in good standing. So, if um, she, you know, living a moral life, desiring to have a life of prayer, um, if she was married or whatever before, that that doesn't stop her. We would just, we would need not just, we would need to have an annulment. Um, if there's children the, that the woman has, then they have to be at least 18 years of age, and and basically, I would say, have the conversation, and you know. Each person has a unique twist or a unique part of their story. Bring it forward, and I think, you know, we can help that person discern. I always think anyone discerning a religious life vocation, even if they don't stay, will make them stronger in -hmm. whatever vocation they do eventually live. Mm -hmm. So it's never a wasted time or anything like that. All of this is God's way of working through us, with us, so that we can come to the clarity we need, so we can live a life fully alive in Christ.
3: Amen. Because
2: I think a lot of women, you know, who may have been married or have children or whatever, don't even think about this as a possibility.
4: Yes, it's possible. That, that could be very true. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, the door's not closed on them. Amen. We just have to deal with the particulars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Sister, we've got about a minute, minute and a half left. Any final thoughts or reflections you'd like to offer our listeners?
4: Well, like I, I think of myself this way as that each day I get to touch the body of Christ and the body of Christ gets to touch me. And so the ministry that I extend out to others in so many ways, that, that grace and gift comes back to me too. So it's a very rich life and I've done things I never would have imagined. I've been um, be able to be a part of people's lives in ways I would not have imagined. So it's been a blessed life and I'm grateful for this vocation. Mm.
2: Well, Sister Mary Thomas, thank you for joining us this
4: morning It's been a pleasure It's been a delight to visit with both of you You made it very easy for me, thank you (laughs) Thanks, Sister (laughs) Yeah, you have a good day You too
2: Thank you Bye Bye Okay, so up next, Father James Zimmer He'll be on to talk about how we can find Christ when we least expect it
1: Mm. Boo
2: Stay tuned with us on Real Presence Live. We'll be back more right after this. I'm Heather Caro.
3: And I'm Chris Sbergwell. We're
2: broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We'll be right back.
0: Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.